You are locked on Cougars. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Plenty to cover ahead on today's show. It is a Twitter Tuesday answering your questions on both BYU football and BYU basketball. Also, it's Tuesday. That's typically when we talk about weekly awards being handed out. Both the women's gymnastics team as well as the women's basketball program garnering those honors. And also, BYU football adds a new commitment from Dom Henry out of Florida. How big is an addition for for him to join the BYU football program. We're going to touch on all of that ahead on today's show. So without further ado, let's dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 1st, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, and our goal every single day here is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. And I mean that because my goal is for when you guys are talking with your family and friends, they're going to be like, wow, how's that guy know so much about BYU? you well your little secret is this podcast so thank you for joining us here let's start off today's show uh, talking a little bit about more about BYU football recruiting a new commitment came yesterday by the way of Florida product Dom Henry he was on visit uh, on campus this past weekend for an official visit and I'm actually very intrigued by Dom Henry being a member of the BYU football family because this is now the second time in three years I thought it was back-to-back seasons but I was uh, told otherwise and I was wrong when I tweeted this out last night because BYU now in both the 2020 class with Cody Epps as well as now in the 2022 class have added wide receivers who led their respective states in receiving yardage at the top level of their high school pantheon in their state. And what I mean by that is when you look at Cody Epps, a guy that BYU fans have been hoping to see break out, he's been hampered by injury early on in his BYU career, but he went to modern day high school, but just pumps out all kinds of talent every single year. His quarterback, for example, is Bryce Young. Yes, the Bryce Young that won the Heisman Trophy and led Alabama to the national championship. That's the one guy who threw the ball to Cody Epps. Well, at modern days, both of them were seniors. He had an absolutely insane year, speaking of Cody Epps, 93 receptions. 1,735 yards and 28 touchdowns as a senior. He led the state of California receiving and BYU fans have been expecting to see him break out and I think that his time is coming. Similar size to Dom Henry, uh, speaking of Cody Epps, 5'11", 180 pounds. Dom Henry is a three-star prospect out of the state of Florida, Nice High School, and he stands at 5'11", 175 pounds if you read uh, most of the recruiting reports about him. He led the state of Florida playing at the 7A level, which is the top level of football in the state of Florida, with 1,590 yards, 81 receptions, just 13 touchdowns, and one punt return touchdown. He's 5'10", and reportedly runs a 4'4", time, and and I really think this is actually an interesting thing that BYU is doing. They're going and taking these guys who have been ultra productive at the high school level. And I believe that in some small way, that production, the simple fact is it caught a hundred, a thousand balls, it feels like. 81 receptions this past year for Dom Henry was at 93 for uh, Cody Epps. I cannot say that both of these guys 
their production at the high school level cannot translate in some small part to playing at the collegiate level. Are both of them a little undersized? Yeah, sure. Everybody wants six foot four, two hundred twenty pound leviathans at wide receiver. I get that, but guess what? Think about the history of BYU's wide receivers. When really has BYU had big, tall, dominant wide receivers? Okay, Cody Hoffman, big and dominant. Austin Colley, not necessarily the biggest guy in the entire world. You go back through the eras of BYU football, they have gotten by with guys who are not necessarily the biggest, the tallest, or the fastest, but the one thing they do have is an ability to get open, and they catch the ball when it's thrown to them. I think the evidence that both Dom Henry as well as Cody Epps have shown at the high school level, that should translate to the collegiate level. And I really think that these additions, this most recent one with Dom Henry committing to BYU, I think it's a very savvy pickup for the BYU football program. I could absolutely be proven wrong. I'm very clear about this. Recruiting is an inexact science. I saw a post the other day, it might have been a week or so ago, talking about BYU's top 10 all-time recruits. And if you look at them, it's a list of guys who just never panned out or transferred or just never really did anything of major note at BYU. Recruiting has been and always will continue to be an inexact science, but it is getting better and better. And I think that BYU, as much as any program in the entire country, does an incredible job at looking through all of the weeds, combing through the sand, of combing through everything to find guys that may have been overlooked. You cannot tell me that a guy who's playing in Florida, which is one of the hotbeds for recruiting in the entire country, think about it, the top producing talent states in America just by just overall sheer volume, you got Texas, you got California, you got Georgia, you've got New Jersey, you've got Ohio to a degree, but then Florida, Florida's right up there near the top. It's probably number two behind Texas in terms of the overall number of athletes come out of the state. The fact that this kid, Dom Henry, was only getting recruiting attention from Army and Air Force just it screams to me what is going on what what are people seeing on film that made them think you know what eh, we're, we're okay I don't know and I honestly think the BYU may have found a guy who's going to come in with a major chip on his shoulder is absolutely going to have every intention of going out there improving every program who passed on him much closer to his home there in Florida and making sure that they regret the decision not to offer him like I said, it's an inexact science, but I think BYU is doing some really good things right now on the recruiting trail in the lead-up to National Signing Day tomorrow. Now, will BYU be announcing a number of guys? I don't think so. I think the very most you'll probably hear about five signings tomorrow. I would hope there are probably two to three defensive backs in that class. You'll hear Dom Henry's name being announced as he's a scholarship kid, and hopefully... You'll be hearing about the signing of Lisala Tai, the offensive tackle from Snow College. Tai has been connected with BYU since his high school days, was committed as a Cougar for a time, went to Snow College, is absolutely blown up as a six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pound absolute giant of a human being. Very good offensive lineman. And I know that most people look at it and say, Well, BYU's tackle room is very stocked. This is a guy with six foot eight who's still very adept, I think could shift inside to guard and be very effective for the BYU football program. So I think that BYU is doing some good things as they close out the recruiting window here with the 2022 recruiting class. They've already gotten a head start on guys in the 2023 class. Maybe at some point next week, once I'm back from vacation, we'll sit down, kind of uh, lay out where the 2023 recruiting class sits at this current time, a year out from the time that they will sign. It's crazy to think about, but BYU is offering kids in the 2023, 2024, and even in some cases, the 2025 recruiting classes. Recruiting never stops, but the good news is I think BYU is doing a lot of good things right now on the recruiting trail and 
I got to believe that Dom Henry, at the very least, is a kid who's going to come in here and say, you know what, I have a chance to play my home state as a member of the Big 12 because UCF is joining the Big 12 alongside BYU. So he will have a chance to go home and play close to his home, hopefully at some point during his days at BYU. But at the same time, he's a kid who is going to be looking at this and say, well, all these schools in Florida... FIU, FAU, UCF, USF, all of these lower level programs in the state of Florida overlooked me. Well, guess what? I'm going to go over to Utah. I'm going to go play at BYU. I'm going to go show what I can do and I'm going to prove all y'all wrong. And that's what I sincerely hope that chip is on his shoulder when he shows up in Provo. And if it works out, what a find for Aaron uh, Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, and the rest of the BYU offensive coaching staff because I think this is a pretty savvy pickup in bringing in Dom Henry. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll get to some of your questions submitted via social media. Interesting uh, question about the BYU basketball program sent in on Twitter. It was actually more of a comment, but I'm transforming it into a question. We'll get to that momentarily. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at BetOnline. There might be less football being played with only the Super Bowl remaining, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season for you guys from scores totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all the nfl betting you could muster in 2022 and it's not just football betonline.net's basketball hockey boxing and ufc odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite vegas casino games online betonline remains your number one online wagering destination betonline is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games get to betonline.net and check it out my friends that's all courtesy of our friends at betonline where the game starts Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And time now for you guys to have your say, or actually, I guess, direct the podcast. It is a Twitter Tuesday addressing your guys' questions here on the podcast. Always appreciate you guys weighing in. I know I call it Twitter Tuesday, but a lot of the questions come in via other means. Email, uh, via Facebook, via Instagram. So anyway, you guys want to submit your questions, happy to field them and happy to address them as best I possibly can. Let's talk for a little bit now about some more BYU football recruiting is our first question day comes in from our good friend Ethan. He sends this to LockedOnBYU at gmail.com saying, Jake, you've talked a lot in the lead up to National Signing Day this week about BYU's recruiting class. And he says, he, and I'm just making this shorter than it needs to be. He says that it, uh, in reading about BYU's recruiting class, he says, I feel like it's a pretty highly rated class. But if you had to peg one or two guys who you think are going to be the stars of this recruiting class, who would they be? Well, I think that's an interesting question because, as I previously said, it's still very much an inexact science when it comes to recruiting. Gary Anderson, the former Utah State head coach, he has said this multiple times on the record that as a recruiter, if you hit on one of three recruits, you're actually doing really, really well for yourself. You hit on two of three, you're likely going to get a better job. And if you hit on three three of three... Well, you might as well thank your lucky stars because that's probably not going to happen anymore. He kind of described it as kind of a baseball thing. We all hear about baseball hitting 300. That's essentially hitting once once every three times up at bat. I know it's a little less than that, but still, the the this process is about the same. You can hit on that many guys, you're doing pretty well for yourself. And that bears out if you have a class of, let's say, 24 signees, that means that if you get eight of those guys, you're on average. You get 16 of those guys to become what I would consider to be contributors would be either their first or second string players for at least two years of their playing career. That means you're doing absolutely excellent. And you say you hit on all 24 of them. Well, you might just be Alabama at that point. <laughs> and Alabama never hits that many, I, I, even though they're absolutely elite. 
elite at their recruiting uh, level. But I think the to answer your question, Ethan, I think the first guy that I would say I'm absolutely all in on him being a star is BYU's top-rated recruit in this class, and that's Cody Hagen out of Corner Canyon High School. Hagen stands six foot one, 175 pounds, but this is a guy who is not your typical BYU wide receiver coming from the Utah prep ranks. This dude can absolutely fly. He runs a 10-5, 100-meter dash. There's a chance he may challenge for state record slash top overall 100-meter dash this spring in track. He is absolutely elite in the spring. This is a dude that I am super excited to see in a BYU uniform. He's the fourth-rated player out of the state of Utah, was ultra-productive in that high-flying offense at Corner Canyon with multiple different quarterbacks. I'm telling you, Cody Hagan, to me, screams future just all everything for BYU football. I could absolutely be wrong about that, but I am a believer having watched that kid play for a number of years now for Corner Canyon, having watched enough of his highlight reels, just seen him make highlight play after highlight play, I think he's legit, and I am very much looking forward to seeing him finally suit up in a BYU uniform. Now, the other guy that I'm super excited for, and he's a guy who's been committed to BYU for seemingly forever because I think he committed as a sophomore, maybe to the BYU football program. He was actually the earliest commit in the 2022 recruiting class, if I recall correctly, and that's Noah Moyaki out of American Fork High School. Now, Noah Moyaki, that last name it may sound familiar. Well, uh, Kehlani Moyaki, who is the wife of BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga, is his, I believe, cousin, or might be sister. The family connection is there, and Harvey and him are very much connected. But Noah Moyaki, folks, he's legit as well. I really like this kid's talent. He could play a number of different positions for BYU. I think he may end up trying out tight end first, but he could play let's say defensive end linebacker. Uh, I think he could play even uh, a fullback slash H back role if needed, but I think he will start out as a traditional tight end for BYU and give that a go when he begins, when he begins his BYU playing career. But I'm a big believer in Noah Moyaki. I think he got overlooked in the recruiting process, kind of short circuited it with his early uh, commitment to BYU. He is rated as a three-star prospect an 84.9 rating from uh, 24 seven sports that puts him in the top five of BYU. BYU's recruiting class, so he's pretty highly rated compared to the other guys in BYU's current crop of talent, but folks, this is a guy you need to keep an eye on. I really like Moyaki's game. Many of you know, if you don't, I call high school football games for KSLSports.com and Deseret News Rewind, now it's called uh, KSL Game Rewind during the fall. I have a chance to see a lot of these guys up close when I'm calling their football games, and there are guys who just stand out when I'm watching them live, when I go back and watch their film. Noah Moyaki is one of them. So hopefully that answers your question there, Ethan. I think Cody Hagan and Noah Moyaki are guys I would point to. I think Isaiah Moa is going to be great. He's already enrolled at BYU. The McKenzie brothers out of St. George could be very, very good. All of the offensive line guys for BYU, Peter Falanico, Talon Togiai, Vice Soifua, Trevin Osler, all of them scream to me the prototypical BYU offensive lineman they've recruited in recent memory. So I think BYU's done a good job targeting what they want. And... I think that there's some good things ahead. A little bit of a teaser ahead to later this week. Uh, Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider, as well as Give Him Hell, Bring Him. He's going to join me on the podcast on Thursday to talk about BYU's recruiting strategy, how things are paying off. So stay tuned for that conversation. That'll be on the Thursday edition of Locked On Cougars. Now, the other question I want to get to ahead, on, uh, not ahead, right now on BYU, is a uh, more of a comment that was sent in to me via social media yesterday, but I'm going to turn it into a little bit of a question. And let me explain on this. I, I look at what BYU is doing right now in terms of what they're doing with the BYU basketball program, and 
I may have gotten fooled here. Let me be very clear about this. This comes in from Jonathan Marugi. He says, a good show, Jacob C. Hatch, talking about uh, yesterday's podcast on Monday. He says, I honestly think BYU success has come to overperforming. While I don't think they're at uh, Santa Clara or Pacific's caliber, they're definitely not as good as the top teams in the conference, which happens when both of your starting centers are hurt. Now, that's a very interesting thing. And Jonathan, thank you for sending that comment. He is at Marugi on Twitter. Uh, so thank you, Jonathan, for weighing in on that. And that's an interesting concept that I have been kind of kicking around in my head since I talked about this on yesterday's show. Maybe BYU had a little bit of fool's gold. Maybe they were fortunate to win those games over St. Mary's and in particular USF that made us think maybe this team is a little bit better than they actually are. I also, and I was lamenting the fact that I felt like the loss to Pacific was going to push BYU all the way to being on the bubble. Well, according to most of the metrics, apparently BYU is not in as bad a shape when it comes to the NCAA tournament as I thought they might be. Looking at Ken Palm and the Sagarin ratings, BYU is still very much inside that top 40 fairly comfortably, and typically when you are inside the top 40 of their rankings for both Jeff Sagarin as well as Ken Pomeroy, you typically are still an NCAA tournament caliber team. I do still believe, though, the USF showdown this Thursday could go a long way to determining which team is actually going to be in the mix for an at-large bid out of the West Coast Conference. There were talk, there was talk earlier this season of the West Coast Conference garnering four bids. It's not out of the question, I don't think, but I think three bids is the most likely scenario, and that means that you have four teams. And obviously, Gonzaga, they're going to be an at-large bid, if not the outright entrant. They're going to get the automatic bid out of the West Coast Conference. That leaves two bids in my mind for three other teams, St. Mary's, BYU, and then also USF. Who will prevail in their head-to-head matchups down the stretch here, and who will be standing on top when it comes to Selection Sunday in that regard? That's a big question, but... Jonathan, I I think you're right. BYU has been overperforming probably a bit to a degree, but at the same time, if the metrics are to be believed, BYU's non-conference slate of games, think about that, that 37-point blowout of Oregon, which they have actually turned it on. Oregon's looking really good right now in the Pac-12. A number of other big wins in that non-conference slate actually are helping BYU stay afloat here despite that horrific loss against Pacific and the frustrating one against Santa Clara. Now, let me also acknowledge, if BYU suffers another loss or two like that they did against Pacific, let's say you go to Loyola Marymount and drop one there, you can insert X number of teams that's kind of the also-ran of the rest of the West Coast Conference. Then we're very much talking about being on the bubble, if not on the outside looking in at Selection Sunday. But yeah, BYU maybe had a little bit of fool's goal. Maybe they were overperforming to a degree as relative to what I thought they were capable of. And Jonathan, you may be right. They probably showed us a little bit more than maybe what they're capable of. But at the same time, I look at those metrics and I'm sitting there saying, are you sure? Like Pacific didn't push them down that much. But maybe that's just, it's, it's yet again, maybe another one-off. Maybe they got away with two mulligans in a way. And now you got to take care of business. A win over USF would go a long way to restoring a lot of faith in this team and their ability to make it to the big dance. I'm of the opinion this year that if you make the NCAA tournament, that's an accomplishment this year. This is not a healthy team. We all know the top two big guys they had and Richard Harward as well, Gavin, as well as Gavin Baxter, both out. Making the NCAA tournament just making it to the big dance, that's an accomplishment. You advance one or two rounds, that's just an absolute cherry on top of house money. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, BYU has been overperforming to a degree, but also 
I think their work in the non-conference is indicating maybe they're not in as dire straits as I, me, Jake Hatch, personally thought they were after that loss to Pacific. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. A couple of weekly awards handed out. We usually cover this on Tuesday because they'll seem to come out on Monday afternoon. So we'll touch on all of those as well as anything else I can muster in the final few moments of today's podcast. First, though, we need to talk about an old friend that's returning to the Locked On Cougars after a hiatus, and that is our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models on all vehicles, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you would need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts from their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You've got a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and also in, literally in your pocket, so check them out. They can help you save time and money when using their resource. Rock Auto can help you save 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store or car dealership. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they've got everything you could possibly ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even brand new carpet for your vehicle. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto part needs. I can tell you guys this much, they have been an absolute fine for me. They have saved me so much money on different parts for my vehicle. So give them a shot. Get to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Please be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Give us some credit for sending you guys over to check out them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's our friends over at rockauto.com. One more time out on today's show to talk to you about one of our great local sponsors and our friends over at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no other lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap. And simply put, Intercap, they get deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. They close loans faster, two week, close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process for you, the consumer. Many of you might have heard about the increasing inflation numbers and obviously the corresponding uh, rising of interest rates. If you want to take advantage of those low rates, they still are relatively low. Intercap is here to help you guys out. And that's what Locked On's personal loan officer at Intercap Lending, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On founder David Locke. Yes, the podfather himself has worked with Intercap Lending. And to be honest, if Steve can help keep David on track throughout that entire process, Steve can help anybody. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it's not a new company. They've been assisting customers with all of their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 44 years of experience. And Steve Carter is providing Locked On listeners with that same great experience since 2018. Intercap is headed, headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all of your mortgage needs in more than 40 states if you happen to live outside the Beehive State. So give Steve a call. I'd be happy to help you guys out, answer any questions you might have, etc. His direct line, 385-800-8528. That is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer Check them out also online if you want more information. That's intercaplending.com or reach out to Steve directly. Be happy, like I said, to address anything you've got for him. That's 385-800-8528 to reach him directly. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. 
Before we call it a day here on Locked On Cougars on a Tuesday, let's catch you guys up on the other BYU news out there. Let's say congratulations to BYU senior guard Paisley Harding. She was named West Coast Conference Player of the Week in Women's Basketball yesterday for the second time this season. She helped BYU, the number 16 ranked team in the country, to a 3-0 record last week with a 30-point performance against USF Saturday afternoon. Had an absolutely insane shooting day. 11 of 17 from the field overall, including tying a career best with five three-pointers. She was 5 of 7 from beyond the arc. It is her second 30-point point game this year after posting a career high 33 at Utah earlier on this season. She is absolutely awesome. And the funny thing about this, I saw a, a really cool article in the Deseret News by Dave McCann. And by the way, if you're not reading Dave's work over there at the Deseret News, you're missing out. It is a really, really cool thing kind of bringing you behind the scenes of BYU sports. It was a column on how the differences between BYU men's basketball and women's basketball right now, kind of comparing apples to oranges with both of them. But as he points out, if you want to sit center court on the floor at a BYU women's basketball game, it's going to set you back, set you back a grand total of 25 bucks. He also talks about men's basketball. If you want to sit in those very same seats for a men's basketball game, you've got to join the Cougar Club, donate, I don't know how much money you'd have to donate, move up multiple levels, and then beg, plead, scratch, claw your way to the top of that priority list, and hopefully, just hopefully, you'll get those seats. This BYU women's basketball team is worth the price of admission, my friends. My daughter, actually, we were watching one of the games the other night, and I kind of feel bad about this. I never even really thought about it, and it's kind of on me. Let me be clear about this. This is on me. She was watching the game with me. She, I watch a lot of games, as I do in sports media, covering all of these different teams that I cover, but you're watching the BYU women's basketball game, and she comes over and says, hey, Dad, can we go to that game sometime? And she points to the BYU women's basketball game, and I'm like, we could probably do that. Like I hadn't even, that's on me. I don't know why I didn't think about that. So folks keep your eye out. If you're at a women's basketball game in the relatively near future, apparently Jake Hatch and his daughter are probably going to be showing up at a game and probably not going to be sitting center court, but you know, we'll still be in the stands there watching BYU play hoops. Cause this team stayed at number 16 in the rankings this year, this past week, excuse me, the rankings coming out yesterday and they have a huge week ahead at Portland as well as number two Gonzaga, the second ranked team in the West coast conference, both road games this week. So hopefully they go two and zero this week and come home just absolutely on top of the world and still sailing smoothly along with their season. Now, other awards handed out this, uh, earlier this week included two BYU women's gymnasts. Uh, they honored BYU senior, senior Sadie Minor Van Tassel as the gymnast of the week for the third week in a row. That comes from the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference, which BYU women's gymnastics competes in. Along with that award, BYU's Elise Rollins received a shared honor for beam specialist of the week alongside USU's Carly Bales. BYU actually beat Utah State uh, 196.775 to 196.450 in its home opener this past Friday. BYU is now ranked number eight 18 in women's gymnastics. So congratulations on those honors for the both BYU for both BYU gymnasts in that regard. And then the final note on today's show is BYU senior All-American Courtney Wayman represented BYU track and field at the 114th annual Milrose Games, moving into sixth all-time in the collegiate 3,000 meter history with a personal best of eight minutes 50.05 seconds. She's the first women's athlete to compete in the Milrose Games, smashing her previous 3,000 meter personal best of 854.90 by 4.85 seconds, finishing sixth in that event. Really, really cool to see that. Three other former Cougars who recently turned pro also competed at the Armory in New York. The Milrose Games, if you guys don't know, is kind of the really prestigious indoor event for pro track, pro track athletes, but also a lot of high-level college athletes will compete as well. 
Whitney Orton competed uh, in that 3,000 meters, finishing in ninth place in that. Anna Camp Bennett raced in the Whoop Wanamaker Mile, finishing 11th in that event. Uh, both Orton and Camp Bennett made their professional debuts at the Milrose Games. And then two-time NCAA national champion Connor Mance finished fifth in the men's 3,000 meters. He made his indoor professional debut. He clocked a personal best time of 7 minutes, 41.43 seconds. Uh, very nice showing for all four athletes out there in New York. And hopefully this pretends really good things in the future for all of those athletes. All right, so there you go. You guys are up to speed on everything you need to know about BYU. And a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to get over to check out Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your sports betting information. If you guys want the inside edge and want to make sure that you guys are on top of it when it comes to your wagering, well, your boy Q and Lee Sterling have you guys covered. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. would encourage you guys to download that and listen to it as soon as you wrap it up here. And we are going to wrap it up here. So thank you for joining us. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 1st, 2022. And we will talk to you guys manana